These are stories of women, mothers, and enterprises filled with grit, gumption, and overcoming. Where in the midst of adversity, we see her rise up. She makes a choice. She chooses to emerge. I'm your host, Becca Erickson. of January and we're talking all things personal development. Personal development is one of the core four values that guides us in Emerge Mothers Academy and we are so excited to bring you a variety of different voices who speak into how we grow and discover more of who we are. Enjoy this week's episode of the To Emerge podcast. Hey, everybody, welcome to this week's episode of the To Emerge podcast. You know, we are in a month of personal development. And so I have a learning development specialist in the hot seat for you guys today. And we will also offer courses later in spring led by this woman, facilitator, guru, mom of two adult children, spent their whole life in the Twin Cities. And now she's doing even more with learning and development as she's established her whole career. So without further ado, Nancy Metke, welcome. Thank you. Happy to be here. Thank you for coming. So will you kind of kick off the whole story for us? I guess it's probably about 25 years ago. Transition into motherhood, career, how you made the whole thing happen. Well, my daughter, Katie's 26, son is 23, Matt. And I became a single mom when they were like two and five and Mm. have been a single mom ever since and really got into my career about at that time when Mm. I had to uh, really be the breadwinner. Breadwinner. Yep. So career was important um, Mm. to have to give my kids a life, you know, that I was hoping to give them. So I uh, went into learning and development. Mm. And, and what had you started in, or were you at home with them? Nope, I was working. I was a working mom. I was a, a supervisor in a contact center, or a manager in a contact sure. center. And we did a lot of training, and so I went to my boss with a PowerPoint presentation and said, I really think you need a learning and development manager. I think I should be that person, and this is why. And I had all my data and facts and figures, and it was the best I could do at the time, hmm. which was 25 years ago and knowing what I knew, and he agreed <laughs> with me. <laughs> right. So I became learning development manager. Um, I had about four trainers working with me. And that's how I got into learning and development. Crazy. Yeah. So I just followed what I loved doing at work. I followed the path uh, that I enjoyed most. And then it was a brave and daring move for me at the time. You created a job for yourself. I created a job for myself. I'm like, we could really use this job. That's a single mom with some (laughs) grit right there. You take a big risk. I'm like, it's, you know, it's always been a value of mine and important to me to Mm. uh, be happy. And so to be happy at work and, uh, I tried to find a job I could do for a long time mm. and not lose my enthusiasm. And I'm not going to lie, I lose my enthusiasm from time to time. But as a whole, mm-hmm. I love my profession. Right. You can stay on top of new things rolling mm-hmm. out. or. And did your company roll out DISC? Yeah, I worked for the company at the time, yeah. so 25 years ago, who owned the company who created DISC. Um, they've since sold it off. But at that time, they created they own that company. And so all of us had the benefit of going through all of those assessments. But then you became master trainer, right? Almost because you were in charge of learning. And exactly. I love them all. But DISC is one of my favorites. Um, it's an easy assessment. You find out your favorite behavioral style. Mm-hmm. And so DISC is an acronym for uh, D is domineering. I is influence. 
and uh, S is steadiness, and C is calculating. Mm -hmm. So you find out your favorite behavioral style of which one of those you lean toward. Mm -hmm. And it was really eye-opening for me um, to find out mine. (laughs) And then to find out all the people I worked with. Right. How do you leverage each other? Exactly. Yes. And how do I, and why, why do you bug me? And why do you not bug me? <laughs> and yeah. I hate to say that. Are there some that bother each other more? They did at the time. For me, I didn't understand why there was a woman I worked with, a lovely woman, who was always correcting my work. Mm. And I learned that she wasn't correcting my work. She was perfecting my work. Because she was a C? She was a C. Oh, high C. Sure. And so I finally understood she was making everything I did better. And when I understood that, it no longer annoyed me. Mm. I was like, yay, here's my work. Perform your magic. Do your magic. Do your C magic right. <laughs> on my work. Because you were a D, like you created yeah. the bones of something and yes. she created the finality and the fine line. I am a D. Oh. And so I would come up with the idea and I would say, hey, this is what we're going to do. And, you know, 80% is good enough for me. Mm. Let's go. (laughs) Let's go, go, go. And she would take it and go, just wait one minute. Just let me do my thing one Mm. minute and it's going to be perfect. Right. 100% of it will be. And all I had to do once I understood that was slow down enough to Mm. let her do her thing. And the the product that we put out was so much better. Yes. So it's just how you behave. It's how you um, look at life. But the interesting thing about DISC is... Uh, we are in control of our behavior. Yeah. So we can be any of those sure. that we need to be, but we do have a favorite. Yeah. So you sort of are born with one that you're inclined to be, but mm-hmm. you can tap into any of them. You can tap into any of them. And we do all the time. Yeah. Um, we're very adaptable people. Yes. Humans are very adaptable. So we can tap into any of them as the, the need may be. So if I need to be a steady Eddie at something, yeah. I can do that. Tap into steadiness. Yes. Sure. I can I can be harmonious and mm. I can be steady if that's what the situation calls for. Yeah. But it's not my favorite. Yeah. Yeah. Can you give us some descriptive words and then like a person in the office that's a D, an I, an sure. S, and a C? Yeah. Like a D, which I'm well connected with because that's what I am. Um, we're <laughs> I can talk about that one for this whole session. But we're goal oriented. We move quickly. We make decisions quickly. We... Get around obstacles sure. quickly. Charge we, forward. We have this mentality where we're in charge. Mm. We're in charge of our environment. Mm-hmm. Influence is very similar to that. They're in charge of their environment too, but they go about it differently. They go about it by influencing people. So they get to their goals by influencing people and working with people to get to their goal, where a D might forge ahead maybe a little more likable in a China shop than an influencer sure and then s uh they get to their goals by working within the structure or the system Mm. so if there's um any type of rules or regulations or guidelines they um they're very comfortable working within that environment to get done what they would like to get done right the difference between that and a d or an i is a d or an i are more Rules and guidelines are more like guidelines. Mm-hmm. They're they're a little more flexible, right? Um, and then a C is also likes to work within the structure. Mm-hmm. Um, they like to work with the analytics, the data, the um, a lot of compliance officers, for example, might be a C. Sure, you know people who 
really like to maintain um, a certain structure, a certain way of doing things, and then making that universal. Mm-hmm. Like, for example, professions for a C that I've worked with have been quality specialists, compliance officers, accounting, professions like that. Hmm. If and that, you can if, leverage each other all based on if this is the common goal mm-hmm. and we know that you're either a D, I, S, or C, yep. I know who to kind of ignite in each category. Exactly. And Smart. take the best from each. No kidding. Yeah. So I, when I first took the assessment, I was a pretty high D. And now my I and D are very similar. Yeah, mine are too. Yeah, because I've learned, you know, mm-hmm. the, the bull in the china shop doesn't right work. always win others over <laughs> it works but you might leave a, a trail of yes. debris so yes. you know it's it's good to just take the best from all of mm-hmm. them and try to incorporate them mm-hmm. there's no one that's better than the other they're just different of course yeah. like any any personality or you know mm-hmm. archetype test you take exactly is like, you know they're just a good way to find out why you behave the way you behave right and find the good things about yourself. It's yeah. not to beat you up. Or, exactly. Yeah. And then use the best yes. of what you find out. Like, I'll never be a high C. I have friends who are. And if they go and buy a TV, they will do all the research. Mm-hmm. And they'll know the best TV for the best price. So instead of me doing that, which I never would, mm-hmm. I call them. Yeah. And I say, hey, what TV did you buy? They've done the due They've diligence. They've all done all the research and the due diligence. And so they'll tell me, and I usually go buy that same TV. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and and they're happy to give out their information? Or Some they are. Like, um, so I, I go to my friends who are happy because we're friends. And they know me. Mm-hmm. Right. And they're helping me out. And at some point, they've leveraged your influence. Exactly. Or they've leveraged you as, do- sure, yeah. dominant. Yeah. Um, in the workspace... Not as, you know, not as much necessarily, Mm -hmm. Um, a little more protective of, because they've done a lot of work to get to. uh, Intellectual (laughs) property. Yes, they've done a lot of due diligence and work to get to that point. You do have to do kind of a trade barter, (laughs) I think. But for friends, yes, happy to share. And I'm happy to, you know share my behaviors when needed as well it makes us all feel needed (laughs) exactly (laughs) so we're doing like a high skim across a big ocean here today Mm -hmm. but i'd like to also talk about Mm myers-briggs we could talk about disc forever but i think you know myers-briggs or both i I know (laughs) if people can you know even learn more about them and we'll make this kind of a toe dipping Mm -hmm. time but let's talk about myers-briggs let's talk about how it Mm -hmm. came to be what it was originally used for and then how people find out their personality great yeah so myers-briggs is one of my favorite all-time assessments i love it it is a personality assessment and it's more in depth than disc it delves a little deeper into your personality and scientists have said our personality forms when we're around three i know it's hard-coded so you can see these behaviors in small Mm -hmm. children it was developed by a mother and daughter duo last names of myers and briggs and they took carl Jung's uh research he's a psychologist from I think the early 1900s yeah they took all of his research and they turned it into an assessment primarily at the time that they did this and this was quite a a while back as well was when a lot of women were going into the workforce (laughs) and so they created this assessment that women could take to find out what types of jobs they should go into so it was a vocational it was all about interests based on job placement it was that's how it was intended 
and you know getting uh, these women into the right career paths yeah. for them which was pretty revolutionary back then this is like world war ii time yeah okay yep it yep. was and so you know it was nurses teachers yeah. were the primary secretary rosie the riveter <laughs> yeah so they were kind of revolutionary for their time mm. but the assessment has stayed all this time and it's gone through all the rigor of an assessment should go through yeah so it's it's a good assessment it tells us more about our selves and why we do what we do. There's four letters. And the first one's I or E. And that's how you get your energy, how people get their energy. I is uh, introvert. And introverts get their energy inside themselves. So mm. they need to be alone. They need to, or if you're on the bus, they have headsets on, or they just need to rejuvenate internally. Where E's are extroverts, and they rejuvenate with other people. Mm -hmm. They need the energy of other people to help them rejuvenate. And so a lot of times people confuse us with uh, shy or outgoing, and it's not. Right. No, introverts are not shy. They just rejuvenate internally. And extroverts are not outgoing necessarily. They just like to be around people. Yeah, you could easily be an introverted, outgoing person. Exactly. Yeah. And there's a lot mm-hmm. of people For like sure. that. And there's extroverts who are shy. Yeah. That's not the correlation that uh, when people hear introvert and extrovert, I always like to make sure. That's right. It's where you draw your energy. It's yeah. where you draw your energy. So, yeah. for instance, if you're a extrovert and you have a child who's an introvert, you can understand why they need to go to their bedroom. Mm. Mm-hmm. For a little bit, maybe after school, they just do something where they're alone. Yeah, um, and, and that's And what they're doing is rejuvenating. Or if you're the introvert and you live with an extrovert, it's always good to, to just let them know, hey, I just need my rejuvenation time and yeah. I'm going to be good. But yeah. a lot of times extroverts don't quite understand when the introvert goes off. Yeah. Right. <laughs> so it's always take good it to <laughs> understand that. Um, and the introvert doesn't always understand why the extrovert always wants to be with them. Yeah. So it's just good. The people understand that, yeah. And then you you see this in little ways at the office, like introverts like email, extroverts Mm. like phone calls, Hmm. just little things like that. You can kind of. Do you think some of that has like generational nuances though, also, or like can you flex between Ian and I throughout your lifetime? That one they say people usually don't flex Mm. between. The other ones you can, Mm. but this one seems to be a little more hard coded. Right. On what you like to do. But introverts are very good at acting like extroverts. Right. Because it's kind of what some corporations call right. for. And societal demands. Societal like demands, You, you can't yeah. just be at home all the time. Exactly. <laughs> I'm rejuvenating <laughs> all day. I'm, I'm so rejuvenating. <laughs> all weekend. Just don't call me. How about um, the next one? The, yeah. The so um, the next one is... Uh, S or N, and this is how you gather information from the outside world. So S means sensing, and that's your five senses. Mm -hmm. So that one's pretty easy. You gather information based on your five senses, Mm -hmm. what you can see, touch, feel, smell. Um, That's how you gather information. N is for intuition, and people who have N gather their information more. It's more of an imaginary. They have a tend to have a rich imaginary life. Mm -hmm. Um, They gather information through things other than the five senses. Mm. It's hard to put it into words other than it's described as... uh, more imaginary that they can the visionary visionary the yes who, yeah looks into the future rather yeah. than the tactile execution of things at the moment yeah sure and a way that it's easy to explain this one sometimes is if two people walk into a house and one's s and one's n the n is like seeing what the house could be if you knock down walls or if you put a sure. window here or if you added a room there they're always seeing something that's not there 
and they ask the scene, the house, the bones. For what it is. For what it is, yeah. how it's decorated. Ends very rarely get caught up in decorations because they're seeing something different. Mm. Hmm. So that's one way, you know, if somebody's always saying, well, you could do this, or you could do that, or you could do this, or you could do that, it's probably an N. Right. But then the ends need S's around the table so that they stop bouncing around on visions. And they definitely need S's done. around the table. <laughs> right. Yeah, if you had a room full of ends, it would be a lot of idea generating, sure. a lot of probably pretty fun conversations. Yeah. But when you have to implement something, hmm. it's hard. Don't go to the end. Right. <laughs> <laughs> it's because they haven't thought that. And then the next one is thinking or feeling, and this is how we make decisions. So thinking people uh, make their decisions based on data and logic, and feeling people make their decisions based on how it makes other people feel. Sure. And you see this in the workplace a lot. So if a feeling person is interviewing somebody, they'll often make their decision on how that person made them feel. Sure. Or the interaction that they had with that person, and less maybe on the hard, cold facts of what that person has done Right. Um, what their resume says, things like that, mm. where T would be less inclined to base a decision on how it makes them feel. Totally. Right. Did you get a good vibe in the in the interview? What are you talking about? Yeah. Look at the person's resume. <laughs> vibe yeah. doesn't matter. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So those two bounce off each other well, too. Mm-hmm. Like if you're cha- making a change in a lot of corporations or companies or just life, there's always change, mm. constant change. Um. And if you have a thinking and a feeling person together, they go through change very differently. Hmm. So it's very, you have to be careful of, if you're a thinking person, you tend to absorb the facts, the statistics, and you move ahead. Right. Where the feeling person wants to make sure everybody's okay with the change. You know, is anybody not okay with the change? You know, so it's. It's a longer process, mm-hmm. and you, it's right. a good thing to be aware of. It's a very sensitive process yes. versus what's best for the company Exactly. Yep. And, you know, it's like, well, <laughs> well, we got what we need. Let's move. Yeah. That's a thinker. A yeah. feeler is like, hey, you know what? Jane always sat by a window. We're moving her. Mm. She's not going to sit by a window. This is going to impact Jane. Mm. So they bring up that the richness of that conversation. And then the last one is how we view life, and that's uh, judging or perception. The J or the P. And this is how we live our lives. J means judging, which is not the greatest name because it doesn't right. reflect what they are that well. And P is perception. So judging um, tend to be your planful people. They mm-hmm. like to plan. They they have things planned out months in advance. They have to-do lists. They live their to-do lists. Right. Um, they like a task completed before starting another one. Exactly. Yeah. And uh, P uh, does not plan things out mm. because they don't want to plan things out because they don't know what they're going to be doing. Sure. And something better might come up. Sure. And they want to change their mind or they, they just are much more spontaneous. Yeah. To the point they don't like lists and they don't like right. like having tickets to a baseball game three months out would not appeal to a P. Sure. It limits their freedom for exactly. three months from now. But a J would love it yeah. because they're like, I know what There's I'm doing that day. <laughs> so, yes. And, you know, this plays out in a lot of ways. And this is probably the biggest one because P's are pressure prompted. P's and J's are both equally productive. There's actually been scientific, hmm. you know, studies around this. Neither one is more productive than the other. Hmm. 
It's how they go about it. Mm-hmm. So Jays go about in a very planful manner. They always make, you know, they're well in chart in front of their deadlines. Um, Ps are not well in front of their deadlines. They might do it the night before, but they still do it. Yeah. And they've been thinking about it. Right. That whole time. It just has to come out on paper and it still gets done. Yes. <laughs> so, you know, I, I use the example of mowing the lawn. If you're mowing the lawn and your kid comes out and asks you to play with them, a J would say, I would love to play with you, but I'm going to finish mowing the lawn, and then I'll play with you. And a P would stop mowing the lawn and play with them mm. and then go back to mowing the lawn. Mm. So it's just how you live your yeah. life. But we all have to get along, and, and that's the one, <laughs> that's the one where you're like, I, you know, the being pressure prompted is a real problem for Js. Yeah. But Ps love it. Yeah. So it's, it's just realizing what people are and what you are. Yeah. So a lot of what you're doing then in business uh, as learning and development is helping teams see themselves, identify themselves and work together. Yes. Sure. And so do you just go, are you contracting? Do you get to go wherever you want? How do you, how did you build up this life? Well, a little of both. Um, I've been doing this a long time. Mm -hmm. So I, I, I did contract for about six years doing this type of yeah. thing now I'm with an organization yeah and I love doing it and yeah. it's kind of nice now that I, I'm doing it with the same people all the time and you can yeah. see progress and and things but if you go to a team and you do either disc or Myers-Briggs and you leverage what you learn mm-hmm. so you just walk through that team and strengths mm-hmm. and I've seen people say um and people who are I on disc who have been in a back corner hmm. say, I would really like to be the one who talks to the client about that. And the C is like, I really don't want to be the one right. who talks to the client about that. Have at it. And so you start seeing the team using their strengths. Smart. And guess what happens? They're much happier. No kidding. They're happier. And there's better productivity because people are enjoying what they're doing. They're engaged yeah. and there's more. Pro- so when people can use their strengths hmm. and their their inclinations, mm-hmm. um, their personality, behavioral inclinations, they're much happier. Yeah. And the company is happier because they're more productive. Yeah. So it's 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 a win-win for the person and the organization. No kidding. So I, I'm, I'm just a big advocate of this, as you can see. Yeah. <laughs> Did your kids follow suit? Are they kind of into this um, Not nearly as much as I am because I'm mom and, you know... <laughs> Right, so they maybe it was too much for them, or they weren't interested. Yeah, they're interested. Okay. Um, so both of my kids have done the Myers Briggs yeah. and DISC and Strength Finders and all the assessments out there, and they understand it, and we talk about it. But they're not into it as much as sure as much as I am. But I but, but when did I, it guide them toward yeah, what they're doing now? Definitely. Right, so you're like, guys, come on, yeah, some definitely guided here. them. <laughs> and we have a common language. Yeah. So when I say, oh, that's my D coming out. They know what I mean. Yeah. They know that I am like full steam ahead, yeah. you know, get out of my way mode. <laughs> or I'll tell my daughter, I'm going to go in full D mode. Right. It's like a warning. Just be careful. You know, just not to her. It's just like, I don't want to scare people when all of a sudden yeah. I'm so goal oriented and I'm so focused and I'm so, you know, I'm going to get across the finish line no matter what. Mm-hmm. I warn people. Mm-hmm. Because... I just don't want them to look at me and go, who is this right. person? You have a common language. Yeah. So instead of like this huge description, you just say, my P is showing. Yeah. And I'm, people go, yep, I get it. Yeah. So the common language is powerful. Yeah, that does help. In, in, in personal and business, working with my kids at home. Well, I don't work with my kids, but you know. Yeah. Raising them. Raising my children yeah. and working with uh, 
you know, so many different personalities and yeah. different behavioral styles. It's good to know. So all of this is like a great foretaste of what will be offered coming up in spring in the conference room of Modern Well. So it's right off 394 and Penn. We can all leverage this great knowledge from Nancy. And, you know, this is a tiny little highlight uh, of DISC and Myers-Briggs, but there's so much that we can glean from this woman. And so I thank you so much for your time. Oh, you're welcome. For 25 years spent in this entire learning and development realm and, and now just passing it on to all of us. We, we really love it. Thanks for being on the podcast today. You're welcome. Thank you. Thank you for listening today, and I sure hope you enjoyed the To Emerge podcast. If you didn't catch last week, we talked all about the Enneagram. If you're into self-discovery and knowing more about your own personal development, I really encourage you to check out our episode on the Enneagram. Have a great week. The To Emerge podcast is brought to you by Emerge Mothers Academy. Please subscribe to our podcast and leave us a positive review. A special thanks to our media manager, Laurel Goulson, and to Jessica Manning for our music. 